Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show. I'm your host, J.J. White, and in The Great People Studio is my esteemed co-host, Mr. James Muncie. Muncie, what's up? I'm really confused. Tell me why. It's it's four o'clock on a Monday afternoon as we sit here right now. All our Facebook Live audience is wondering what the heck is going on. When the amazing world of digital media, that really doesn't matter, does it? Someone could be listening to us somewhere in Indonesia on Saturday afternoon. That's true. And if you're listening to the podcast or on the radio uh, live on Thursday morning, it doesn't matter. But if you're on Facebook Live right now. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, the holidays, you and I have a lot going on, so we're, all over we're the place. making it happen. It's pretty crazy around this time of year. A lot of things happening. The end of the year is coming. A lot of people take some time off. I'm going to try to do a little bit, but that's really not going to, you know, work for me. Have you gotten all your shopping quick. done? Yes. Okay, good. Most, good for you. Mostly. I've got one, one, left, one thing left to get for Sam. Mm-hmm. She takes care of all the kids. Mm. Um, I take care of, um, <clears throat> she takes care of most of herself. Right. You buy for yourself. And then I have a couple, well, no, she buys for me too. Oh, wow. Even though I try to tell her not to buy anything, it doesn't mm. get off like that. And, um, so she, buy, she does most of her own shopping. Okay. For herself. That's and cool. then I throw a couple surprises in the, in, in at the end. Mm. So we're all happy. Tis, tis the season. Sounds great. Tis the season. So wherever you're listening to us right now, Facebook Live, podcast, maybe... Live on the radio, even though we wouldn't be live if you're listening to us on the radio right now. Thank you for being here and allowing us to be a part of your journey. You can get every show that we do on our website at greatpeopleshow.com. We've got the audio version, of course, of every show we do, but we also do some writing around the show. You can read blog posts about it, and we appreciate any feedback. I, I, I haven't offered this up in a long time, James. I need to make sure I start saying this is... The number one question we get is, where do you get your topics from? They always come from random things that are happening in our lives or our audience, our studio audience sends us topics. So anytime you have an idea of something you'd like for us to talk about in the genre that we're in, jj at greatpeopleshow.com is uh, just shoot me an email, ask me a question. Sometimes we'll we'll read it on air. Certainly we'd love your ideas for, for for topics. So what are our topics? Well, every show we deliver to you, the listener, insights and inspiration for life of significance in serving others because true greatness is serving others. And it's really difficult to serve other people when we just don't like them, James. Amen. It really is. We just don't like them. Challenging personalities all over the place. So I'm curious, what personalities do you have the most difficulty with? Are are you asking me? Yeah, you. Okay. So for me, it's hands down other personalities that are like mine. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a big believer in the whole opposites attract thing, whether it's uh, significant others, friends, uh, et cetera. I mean, not to say everybody like me, but I mean, yeah, somebody with a very strong A-type personality, which I tend to have, uh, you know, I, there's more likeliness to, to butt heads with. I, I see that all the time. Yeah. I, I do a lot of really detailed work inside of teams, and it's... Uh, I, I only get the call when something's going wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. And almost every time when something's really going wrong and you narrow it down to a couple people, they are just alike. And 
it's a, I say type A, it's not as simple as just narrowing it down to that. I mean, you and I are definitely both classic type A personalities. Yeah. We get along great. It's hard to, I don't know, you have to have more personality traits in common than that, I guess. But if, if, mm-hmm. if it's somebody with a lot of personality traits in common, I think that that's where you tend to get a lot of conflict. Just too common. Yeah. Just, just too many commonalities. And you, you were hitting on something just a second ago, type A, but maybe there's more to it than that. And one of the things we're going to talk about, well, the topic on today's show are these types of personalities that you have difficulty with. How do you maneuver through them? Uh, a portion of our show is going to be how do you get over yourself with that? Mm-hmm. Because if you're having difficulty with somebody, you're owning that difficulty. Yep. I don't care how difficult they are. I don't care how much of a pain in the butt they are. You are still having your difficulty with them. So there's a big portion of this that you own. And we're going to talk about how complicated, quote unquote, personalities mm. are. Like, what is it? What does it mean in our personality? Uh, it's a deep, deep hole that you start to dig into psychologically when you realize we are so, we are the most complicated organisms on earth. Yeah. Maybe the universe, even though, I, I mean, I don't know. There's it's probably. A little, it's a little arrogant. There's some life out there, James. You never know. There's some life out there. We just don't know. It is, I think it is an arrogant to say, thing to say that we're, the, it's like, you know, the world is flat kind of thing. But, um, but you're right. I think we, I think we gravitate. I know we gravitate towards people that are very similar to us. If you, if you look at our friends and, and the people we do like to hang out with, they are very, very similar in personality. Also similar in belief systems, but not identical, right? Yeah. I think belief systems though are, are a pretty big one. Um, I think I don't think I could name a really close friend of mine who has a different belief system than I do. Certainly values, uh, values, morals, ethics. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we tend to look people. I have a few friends that are on the opposite side of the political spectrum, but by and large, um, you know, values are are something that I do think we seek out in in friends. Yeah, and the uh, personality that we're going to be, or the the types of personalities that we're going to be talking about on the show today really are not influenced by beliefs and values. What we're talking about are things that are influenced in truly in our DNA. Yeah. Like things that uh, have sculpted us as we've, um, as we become older and um, could very well be the people around us, wherever you're at right now, you've got these different relationships, family, work, neighbors, church, social groups, and all of these things are very much driven by personalities of people. Our family are about the only part of that that collective group that we don't have a lot of say over who they are right. in our life. Definitely have some say over what kind of time we spend with them. And there's many of you that are listening right now that you don't spend nearly as much time with certain people in your family because of the personality issue. Oh, I'm 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 guilty right here. Absolutely. So personality refers to an individual difference or refers to individual differences in characteristic patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving. That's the official definition here. Thinking, feeling, and behaving. And this is a sequential, what we think impacts how we feel, how we feel impacts how we behave. Wait, say that, slow that down. Say that again. Thinking, right? feeling, behaving. Okay. So when you have difficulty with someone else's personality, mm-hmm. you're having difficulty with their behavior. Okay. And that behavior is affected, their behavior is affected by how they feel, by their emotions. And their emotions are impacted by how they think. 
So you're having difficulty with someone's outward expression of their characteristics. Some of the ones that I have some difficulty with, big egos. Oh, yeah. Now, that's a big one. I, I, I cannot deal with big egos. I don't know who can, really. I think that's probably on everyone's list. No, it? even people with big egos, I think, can't deal with people with big <laughs> egos. That's a good point. The other one that I have trouble with, and we're going to work through this one specifically, are people that are closed off. Hmm. People that just kind of put up walls. They right. won't talk to you. They won't open up. They won't answer your questions very detailed. So you just run away from them. Yeah, that's typically. I never really I've really thought about that one. And then the third one that I have the most difficulty with, know-it-alls. Mm. And you, you know how you identify know-it-all, James, is no matter what you say to them, they always respond, I know. I know. So let's I try. Know. Can we try yeah, that exercise right sure, now? Sure, sure. We need to take a break. I know. I knew it. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Great People Show. James, I've been in this industry of personal and professional development for 18 years next week, actually. It's a long time. My anniversary. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And I found something in researching for the show that I never knew. And I have to believe, because I'm so neck deep in this and have been for 18 years, if I find something that I didn't know, there's a good chance the majority of our listeners wouldn't know this either. Mm -hmm. So this was back in the 70s, because I was real curious. I was like, all right, you know, I... <sighs> personality. What does that mean? Like, how do you measure it? Because there's so many, you've got Myers-Briggs. You've, you've, oh, you, yeah. you've seen that in, in business. Those of you that have been through Myers-Briggs, raise your hand. Every hand listening is probably up right now. And for, for those of you that hasn't, it's a test that you take, which basically tells you what type, what personality type you are to really summarize from a very high level what it is. That's exactly what they call it. Yep. A, a personality test to the point where if you introduce the idea of any kind of assessment to anybody in business, they'll say, oh, like a personality test. Yep. Most of them are not personality tests, but that's what it's seen as measuring. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you measure a personality? So these guys in the 1970s, and to give credit where credit is due, Paul Costa and Robert McRae at the National Institutes of Health and Warren Norman and Lewis Goldberg at the University of Michigan um, created what they call the big five in right. personality. Here we go. All right. Openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and our favorite, neuroticism. Okay? So these, but just boiling personality down to as, as little as we can, they can only boil it down to five. And go ahead. No, I just oh. that's like, Five five dollar words though. That's like that's you got to think about each one of those words and what what it means. Yeah, and the important thing here is on the scale for each one of them, they vary so much. Like um, for instance, you can have a dash of openness. Well, I'm curious. Okay, so as I go through this, I want you to picture someone that you may know that this describes. Okay, All right. a dash of openness, a lot of conscientiousness. Let's say an average amount of extroversion. Plenty of agreeableness and almost no neuroticism at all. All right. How would you describe that person to be able to get along with them? To be brutally honest, I am trying to relate conscientiousness to somebody's personality. Well, let's go there, James. All right. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> because I have quite the extensive uh, notes on each oh, one good. of these. 
So um, I'll just give you the textbook definition on conscientiousness. Okay. People who are conscientious are organized and have a strong sense of duty. They're dependable, disciplined, and achievement-focused. They're planners. So someone that's conscientious is very in tune with what's going on around them Okay. at any time. Work, personal, whatever. And then uh, people that are low in this are spontaneous and freewheeling. Interesting. Like, okay. They're not really, like, literally someone that says, hey, man, we ought to go out tonight. And it's like, um, I already told you I've got this going on. I, I'm not going to do that. It's like that person doesn't really care about plans. Uh, someone that is not conscientious. Gotcha. And then and then the other one that, I don't know, is, isn't obvious uh, to me was the neuroticism. Oh, yeah. You that's know. the fun one in here. That's I think that's the hot sauce. Really? Okay. That gets thrown on this tell whole us, thing. Tell us about that. So neuroticism, no matter what you think you may know mm-hmm. about people that are neurotic, um, they worry frequently, mm-hmm. and they easily slip into anxiety and depression. Um, if all going well, if all is going well, neurotic people tend to find things to worry about. And this was interesting. One 2012 study found that when neurotic people with good salaries earned raises, the extra income actually made them feel less happy. Call them the pessimist. That is fascinating, so to speak. In huh. contrast, people who are low in neuroticism tend to be emotionally stable and even keeled. I would say on if you want to throw emotional intelligence into this whole formula, the neurotic person is very, very underdeveloped in a lot of levels of emotional intelligence, whereas the less neurotic, if not no neurotic person is very well balanced in their emotions. So so back to my so back to my quiz here. Right. Uh, The one that I just described to you. and I've, I seem to have lost it already. That's all right. Um, is, um, well, I'll give you another one. All right. Uh, someone that could be dis- disagreeable. All right. Neurotic, introverted, conscientiousness, conscientious, and hardly open at all. I'd say that's probably a person that would be difficult to deal with. Yeah. I've got a person in my mind right now. Okay. Well, let's not mention any names. I won't. Because this may end up being a popular show here. We just don't want that uh, general public to be hurt by our actions. Okay. Can I tell you the break? <laughs> I guess, <laughs> especially if it's me. His, I name, oh. his name is JJ. There we go. Um, <clears throat> I'm open. What are you talking about? Oh, you're okay. kidding. Um, so these five things have sliders on them for each one of us. Mm-hmm. And the question that we have to ask ourselves right now, because I know it's a question you're probably asking yourself, can personality change? Can people's Change can people change their personality? Yes, I, By the way, Patrick just said on Facebook Live, "Oh, I hope it's me." So, so I um, I think that your personality changes as you age. I think that gotcha. I think if if you look at these five, and, and please disagree with me, I think if you look at these five sliders and you refer to them as sliders, and I like that. Okay, I think that these sliders do change as we get older and we mature and we have life experiences that 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 it can can change us. Yeah. I think that sometimes your personality can change temporarily hmm. based on an event or a series of events that happens to you. I can tell you that um since to be to be very open and 
since the the death so, of so your openness is going to get open. my openness is going to get open okay since 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 the death of uh, of my friend Brad Clark um on I295 a couple months ago mm-hmm. my neuroticism is through the roof and i can understand why it absolutely is so to support what you're sharing right now uh, a study published in the January 17 2017 journal psychological bulletin found that personality may be altered through therapy and i love this quote for the people who want to change their spouse tomorrow, which a lot of people want to do, I don't hold out much hope for them, <laughs> said the study researcher Brent Roberts. Yeah. If, however, he continued, if you're willing to focus on one aspect of yourself and you're willing to go at it systematically, there's now increased optimism that you can affect change in that domain. So to your original point, if you want to change your personality, I believe you can. Mm-hmm. And as we grow older and as we get older, a lot of those changes are probably happening, James, because there's desire. I would think so. I think that some of these traits are easier to adjust than others. I think you can make a conscious decision. I want to be more open. I want to be more open to new things. Or I, I'm too much of a planner. I want to be more spontaneous. I want to be you know, less conscientious of, of everything. Mm-hmm. Extroversion. I don't, th- I, I am not an extrovert. I don't think that I could ever, we've talked about this show before, extrovert, somebody who gets their energy from social interaction, inter- introvert, somebody whose energy is drained from social interaction. I don't think JJ, I could ever be an extrovert. I don't think that my extroversion could ever go through the roof. I am faking it anytime that I might appear to be an extrovert. Yeah, I would agree with that because that's an energy thing. But, but what you're talking about here isn't faking it. This is the ability to genuinely and truly change traits of your personality, yeah, right? Absolutely. Okay. We're talking about a semi-permanent change yeah. in exactly who you are. And um, the second point that you made about what was going on with with Brad, I think we can have such tremendous outside influences in our life that we have no choice but to react in and let our personality start to adapt to these outside forces. Well, right. And now the trick, now the trick is getting back to normal. So, so Mm. I've gone to this place where my anxiety is higher. My neuroticism is higher. Mm -hmm. I can't even very well articulate in my head as to why it's happened. It just has, I know why it's happened, but I, so without spending an hour on that alone, I'm trying to get back to where I was. And I'll tell you it so far, and it's only been little over eight weeks, but I'll tell you, it, it's not easy. It The change happened relatively quickly, and it's been difficult for me. It's been a tough road trying to get back. Who are you talking to about that besides us and tens of yeah. thousands of people? Yeah, tens of thousands. <laughs> Friends, my wife, um, you know, people that understand it. Um, you know, it's 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 been it's been a challenge, though. Yeah, I, I would be concerned that because um, your desire is to get back is to try to get back on your own. Because you didn't get to this point on your own. You got to this point because there was so many things happening around you that you succumbed to that. Mm. I don't know that, um, especially type A personalities where pretty much everything you've had up to this point in your life was your doing, right? Yeah. You you made things happen. That's, that, is, that is your personality. I don't know where that falls into here. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably a, actually a conscientiousness, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you, you're you're one of the most conscientious people I know. Like, if you want it, you're going to go get it. Mm-hmm. And this is the plan that I'm going to follow to go get it. You're not going to be, oh, well, you know, What's if I just keep doing what I'm doing, <laughs> it's just all going to happen, yeah. right? And um, 
So I think that's one thing you have in your favor is that strong conscientiousness, that you have this really strong desire to want to get back to it. And I think that could actually... So this is an interesting little case study here of your strong conscientiousness. And now, well, I shouldn't say strong because it's a slider. And I I think that's the other thing to be aware of on here. If you look at all five of these on a sliding scale Mm. from one extreme to another, there is also a healthy medium somewhere. Yeah. And and if and if you're at a healthy medium on all five of these, you possess flexibility to move within these. And mm-hmm. I would imagine that you have the personality that most people don't find difficult. But what we're talking about today are the personalities that you have difficulty with, and it's probably going to be people on two or three of these where they're on the other end of the spectrum than you. Yes, I would. I would certainly agree with that. That it's very, very difficult for you to understand why they are what they are. Yeah. That quote that I said earlier about um, for those of you who want to change your spouse tomorrow, which a lot of people will do. We all have some things that we want to change about some of the people around us in our life. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about how judgmental you are and why is it so wrong. If you're having difficulty with them, why are they wrong? So don't go away. You're listening to the Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Call into the show at 804-454-1366. Now back to The Great People Show live. Call into the studio at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. Why can't we all just get along? Because we're people. That's not what we do. so different. We annoy each other. We have different personalities, beliefs, and values. Yep. So I led led us into this right before the break, how much we own this whole difficult personality thing. Yeah. And I am who I am, blah, 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 blah. So you need to be very careful about how reductive in how you are in judging other people, mainly because... That's how your brain works. Your, your, your brain tries to keep everything so simple so it doesn't have to work really hard. And what starts to happen is you pass very quick judgment within just a few seconds of meeting someone for the first time. The words that are coming out of their mouth, their attitude, uh, what they're wearing, everything. Our, our brain just makes so many fast judgments, and we're really judging someone on their personality. We're yeah. really We're really deciding super duper fast if I like this person or not. And that kind of really sucks. I mean, that's a good thing from a survival perspective, but it really sucks that we are that judgmental that fast because I think I think you toss people away based on judgment for relationships that could have been transformational to you. And, and a question I'm frequently asking a group is, How many of you today, right now, have a best friend that when you first met, you you not only didn't get along, you actually may have hated each other? And I have a group of 30 people. There's always a couple hands that go up every single time. You you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, so many times in life, it works out the opposite of what we think in in our first impression. Not only will the person who at first we might not like very much later become a very close friend, but often the people who make the best first, impre- first impressions on us end up not being good point. a good friend. It It's amazing how that works out. In fact, I, I'll joke with my wife sometimes. 
you know, after a, a business conference or something, you know, she'll talk about, well, did you meet anybody? And I said, yeah, I, I met such and such and didn't care for him very much, which probably means we'll be best friends soon. Because that's so often that's how it goes. <laughs> that's funny. So you're making this judgment about someone on their personality. What makes you write about this? That's the question I have for all of you right now. What makes you write that you don't like them because of their personality? I think, and I'm looking at myself here too. I, I've done this. And going back to your point, James, of whenever we get older, our personality changes. One thing I've noticed about me is that I am just slow to take in so many things because I know if I pass judgment really fast, if someone comes across with a big ego, sometimes people are just throwing that up there at first because they feel like they want to make a strong impression with someone and that's how they do it. And then once you get to know them and that starts to come down, you start to realize, okay, so here's here's who you are most of the time. I, I can't say here here's the real you because what we got was the real you, but some people try to pretend something or try to pretend to be somebody they're not. And it's really difficult to get into that core personality. Mm -hmm. So I've learned just to back off and let people kind of take their own course and then seeing how it, because sometimes the ego doesn't go away. And then I can, then I can decide whether I want to spend time with that person or not. Yeah. And I can, I can see that. I mean, your question though, what makes you write about this? You know, if you don't like that person or have a hard time with it, does that make you better? Well, it doesn't make you, I don't think it makes you better, but some people genuinely are not compatible with each other. Yeah. You know, take this show, for example. You and I are not looking for a show where we have like a, a adversarial relationship, right? I don't think that we, I wouldn't be on the show with you if we didn't have compatible personalities that complemented each other. And I think we look at the same thing in, in the people who we want to grow relationships with, whether yeah. they be friendships at work, friendships outside work, um, people with, you know, you might have a romantic interest in, et cetera. Are you still looking at me now? Just kidding. Um, no, I, I agree. Sometimes it's more entertaining to see people with very, very different, totally different personalities going in, in, in opinions, going at it. But what takes, what takes an effort is it takes an effort when there is somebody that you know you are not personality-wise compatible with, who you don't care for. And maybe mm -hmm. you work with this person. Maybe this person works for you. Maybe you work for them. Maybe you're on a team together, but you have to be with this person day in and day out. And you, I mean, I've had several times in my life where I've had to adapt my personality around certain people because I would rather do that than end up having conflict with them. That's a great point. We're talking about work now. Yes, sir. Because everything we've talked about up to this point, whether it be the personality that you just gel with or the personality that you're repelled by, there's really no work there. Right. There's no work involved in that. It's just very natural path of least resistance. So the next question is, why should I even want to work hard right. with someone that I don't really get along with or want to get along with or can see any reason why I should spend any energy to that person. I'm not talking about the folks that you have to do this with. I mean, that's an element. If it's someone that you you literally work with and they're on a team and you have no choice but to work with that person, right. we know you need to put work in and the things we're going to cover here pretty soon will help you do that. I'm speaking to the ones where you have 
really nothing to gain anywhere by spending time working hard to understand and get along with that difficulty, difficult personality, because the bottom line there is you may not have any idea of what positive effect could come out of that, but they may need you. Yeah. They may need you because if you're repelled in any way, shape, or form by that person, there's a good chance nine out of the other 10 people are too. Yes, that's a great point. And you might be the one last glimmering hope that they have of being able to maybe change something about them. I'm not saying that you do this to change them, but what I'm saying is some people don't necessarily like their personality and they don't have a lot of friends and they're looking for someplace and somebody to connect with. Maybe you're that person if you give it enough work. Maybe, and if you've got the patience and tolerance to put up with it. I mean, we all know people, I can think of a couple people off the top of my head who have this innate ability to truly get along with anyone. And to be brutally honest, when I think about those people, it's it's exhausting to me to even think about because <laughs> they will spend time and energy with people who exhaust me to be around after just a minute or two yeah. because of their personalities. Yeah. You know, and when we go back to these to these big five personality traits, uh, you know, these are generally people who are very open and people who are high on the extroversion and agreeableness uh, spectrums as yeah. well. Yeah. And we all know people like that. And I, I, in a way, I envy them because that ain't me. It never has been. Um, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. On the rare occasion, there's somebody who I just can't stand. They generally know it. Yeah, I'm also from New York, which doesn't help. So I don't have that Southern uh, ability to 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 fake it all day. I mean, and it's rare that I meet somebody like that. But yeah. but we all know people like that. Chris Jones just put a comment on our Facebook live feed. Everyone has a story. Yeah, and I've made it a personal mission in many cases, not every case, because unfortunately I just don't think about it all the time, James. But I make it a personal mission when I meet someone for the first time, even if I'm starting to feel repelled by their personality, is to find out their story. What is driving this person? I think that is my my human responsibility, is to spend time with that person to find out what their story is. Because oftentimes, if you do spend some time finding out their story, it starts to explain why they are who they are. Hmm. And not everybody, not everybody is is ready for a shift in their personality. I don't know if you want to call it a change or not, but some people are. And if you can find out someone's story, you might be a building block to helping that person get over something or past something or whatever. If that's what they want. If that's what they want. It's like, it's like that in this whole equation. We do need to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to give you at least seven ways on managing a different personality. And I got to tell you, you're going to be in for a treat because not all of these have anything to do with the other person. They have something to do with you. So don't go away. You're listening to The Great People Show. All right, folks, let's make a difference in other people's lives. Let's do it. I've used this one for a while and I love it. First piece of advice. Mm Mm-hmm. Q-tip. 
Get your Q-tips out. Clean out your ears. You know what Q-tip stands for? Quit taking it personally. Oftentimes, whenever you feel like you are uh, annoyed, disturbed, irritated by someone else's personality, guess what? It's your problem. And you're taking whatever they're doing personally. And actually, uh, John uh, John Linton said earlier, one of the personalities that irritates him is people who don't listen. They are just waiting to th- for their turn to talk. That one can really get under your skin. Oh, okay, big time. Yep. And here's another here's another matter of fact statement for you. If somebody is under your skin, guess what? You let them go there. You put them there. They didn't crawl under your skin. You let them get under your skin. There's a huge element of personal responsibility when it comes to dealing with difficult personalities. But, man, that's that's a tough one to overcome. I mean, to, to take somebody, let's take the chronic talker, somebody who just won't stop talking. <laughs> I mean, JJ, that's going to get under my skin, man. Well, that's your decision. Apparently. That's your decision. So my my advice to you is uh-huh. to make a different decision. All right. Uh, number two, which really feeds into what we were just talking about, uh-huh. you have to decide if this personality is really a problem for you. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you're meeting someone socially or you don't know them that much or they're just really not part of your even your outer circle, what's the problem? Who cares? They don't mean anything. But I've watched people get irritated by other personalities, and I always – Ask him. I'm like, well, who is that person? You're like, I don't even know. I'm like, what are you doing so upset? Like, oh, he just was saying things that I didn't necessarily agree with. And it's like, so? Who cares? So you have to really ask yourself, does it matter? Does it, in the, in the big scheme of things, if you're having to deal with this difficult personality, does it really matter? I'm going to challenge you to say it probably doesn't. Now, what if you're working with this person? What if they're on your team? What if they're in your family? I'm going to say they matter. So when they matter, you have to do something with it. Yeah. But is it really your problem? I don't think it is. If they have a personality that you don't jive with, I don't think that's a problem at all for you. If it's a problem for you, you've made it your problem. Q-tip. Quit taking it personal. Mm. What do you think? Easier said than done. Of course it is. That's why we're here. So another big element to this one for me, and, and this is in my nature, I'm just I'm just used to this now. I'm a fixer. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they get irritated by a personality, or when you get irritated by a personality, you try to fix them, or you want to fix them, or you wish you could fix them. As we said earlier, if you have a spouse that has some certain personality traits that you wish you could do something with, congratulations. You're now a fixer, mm. or at least a wannabe fixer. So what do you do? Well, for one thing, most people don't want to be fixed. Most people are very happy with who they are, with every element of their personality. I know some people that are pretty neurotic, and you know what? They're pretty comfortable being that neurotic. You mentioned earlier that your level of neuroticism has escalated with what you've gone through. You're very uncomfortable with that. You don't like it. You don't nope. want it there. Nope. James, a lot of people, they get so used to it. It's like they couldn't even imagine. How many people have you ever met that they literally create 
drama and problems just to crank their neuroticism back up to feel more normal. Oh, plenty just of to feel normal. Absolutely. I've got extended family that's like that. We all we all know people like that. Yeah, literally. You you literally throw gasoline on a situation because that's where you feel comfortable. Yep. To light that thing it up. It gets you attention, among other things. So let's say you've got someone that's doing a lot of things for attention. All right. And you want to fix them or you want to or you're the fixer. That's kind of that's part of your personality. So um, you have a couple options at any given time. Does this person want my advice? Do they want any coaching from me? And if you can tell, you should have an intuition about this. If you can tell that they don't, then you can't. Yep. Because it's never going to work. That's and then and then they're and then they're going to say they don't like your personality because they're you're trying to butt into their business. I was going to say do doing this wrong will will cause even greater problems. Between the personalities. Yeah, yeah. No question. So a lot of these personalities that you have t trouble with are people that complain all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I just know. I just know that's a, that is a personality that our listeners are dealing with right now that you don't like. You just don't like people that complain. To me, that's one of the easiest things to give feedback on. And I will literally ask someone, how much longer are you going to deal with that? Or what are you willing to do? For that to change. And most people don't know how to answer that question because they don't want it to change. It, exactly. They don't want it to change. So there's somebody in my extended family who is a chronic complainer and they know that if they do it around me, I'm going to call them on it. And so what happens? They complain around my wife. They complain, complain around, but if I'm in the room, they don't do it. Because JJ, they don't they don't want to change. They just don't want to hear me telling them to quit complaining all the time. Yeah. So they'll avoid you. Yeah, they'll avoid me. Instead, you know, they'll, they'll avoid me. And, and I'm probably not giving them the best coaching when I tell them to please stop complaining all the time. But well, they're probably getting know. a lot of unsolicited coaching from you, which was really the whole point yeah. of this of this third thing that you can do is jump in and be the coach. Yeah, but only if you have permission. And you you've talked about before one of the best things uh, I think I forget which uh, episode it was, but you talked about when you have an opportunity to coach someone, you actually talked one day about about how to ask and just say, hey, are you open to some feedback? Are you open to? And and that was kind of in line with the question is, well, is that something you'd like to change? Yeah, because if they say. Sure. Then the next question is, are you open to some feedback? Are you are you open to some ideas? Mm -hmm. And this is a technique that you could use as a manager, as a as a spouse. I've said this to Sam. I'm like, because when you get into a spouse relationship and guys, let me lay it down to you. If your wife comes home and she's complaining about something, she doesn't want you to fix it. No. OK, she just wants you to listen and she wants to be heard. Now, guys, when we come home and we complain to our spouses, what do we want? Fix it. We want them to fix it. But what are they doing? Listening. Just, just listening. So there's a mismatch here, right? Those are two different types of Tracy's giving us the look here through personalities, the personalities, yeah. right? She Yeah. Yeah, we have the we we have the uh men are from uh Mars, women are from Venus, contrarian point here, she agrees. Yep. And that happens all the time with personalities that we don't necessarily get along with. We just see things. We want things that are completely different. But you can find times and opportunities in these situations to help someone else, but only if they give permission. All right. Here's another one that could take yourself off the hook. Give yourself some breathing room. Uh, John mentioned earlier on Facebook Live, he 
He's pretty irritated with folks that just talk a lot. You need to ask a lot of questions. And I know that sounds crazy for the person that can't stop talking. But James, when I meet that personality and they just will not shut up, I make them keep going. I just keep asking them questions. I keep asking them questions because that's how they want to be communicated with. That's what they want to feel good about because they love to talk about themselves. So what I use these questions for is I start, I will use questions to kind of direct them towards the answer. And I will often pretend to be the most curious person in the world. I really want to know what their story is. Why'd you do that? And how'd that make you feel? Like I will do questions that really get people go, oh, I don't really think about that. Because when people get stumped, they stop talking. Yeah. And in business, if you're in sales, it's incredibly powerful. If you're meeting with a prospective client and they just have this personality type that they're just going to talk and talk and talk and you keep on pumping them with questions. I tell you what, I've had people write me emails after meetings where this has happened. I've pumped them and pumped them and pumped them. (laughs) I've barely said 10 words in the meeting. And, you know, and I get an email back, hey, James, thanks so much for meeting with me today. I feel like we really understand each other. And I'm like, you don't know anything about me because you talk the whole time. But because I fed them more questions, absolutely, it built our relationship. I gave them what I wanted. It was honestly torture to me. There's a beautiful story uh, in the beginning of How to Win Friends and Influence People yes. by Dale Carnegie yep. about Dale was invited to a dinner party and there was uh, <clears throat> a botanist there that nobody really enjoyed talking to because no one understood botany. Well, he spent the entire evening asking this person about botany. And the rest of the story is when Dale left, the botanist went up to the dinner host and said, you know, that is the most interesting man I've ever met. And <laughs> he didn't know anything about Dale. But Dale had spent all this time asking him questions about him and what his um, profession was profession was like. And, and he did it with genuineness. And I think too often we run away from those situations because we're irritated. Yes. It's our role to actually get over that irritation and to be a good listener. And that was the next one on the list. We're going to have to have a whole show on listening. I don't think we've done a show on listening. Yeah, um, here's Here's an, an important one. Got two more here before we go. Very important one is value others as individuals. The reason you have difficulty with other personalities is because you have put people in a box and that person doesn't fit in your box. Whose fault is that? Well, it's nobody's fault, but who's prob- who owns that? You own that. Is Anytime you have a lot of difficulty, really ask yourself, am I valuing this other person for who they are, or am I judging them based on who I want them to be? You're judging. And, and specifically, am I judging them because they're not me? Yeah. Because I wouldn't think that way, or I wouldn't do that. It's human nature. We do that all day, every day. And I'm telling you folks, this takes a lot of effort and a lot of patience. They were made that way for a reason. Mm -hmm. They may not like it. You may not like it. But who are we to judge and tell someone you can't be that way? And if you're doing that to your spouse, if your spouse has some of those really difficult personality challenges, you better talk about it because it ain't going to get any better. I can promise you that. And this last one before we go today is kind of a, an interesting piece of uh, feedback or, or something we can do whenever we're dealing with, with personalities is to be thankful. And I've, I've done this so many times, James. I've literally said to myself, man, am I glad that I don't have to go home to that person today? Yep. Because while you have certain people that you spend a lot of time with at work, maybe some people in your family— 
all the way down to just someone that you met for a very brief period of time and you had a tremendous amount of friction with that personality, every single time you get to walk away and say, at least I don't have to go home to that. Amen. Because there's probably somebody that has to deal with that personality all the time. So we we believe we've given you some really good things to think about on today's show that um, not everyone has to be like you. Not everyone has to be like me, that we're all, we're all created in God's image just a little bit differently enough to keep life interesting. Isn't personality the spice of life? When you like it. That would be which one? Spice of life is conscientiousness, right? Yeah. Just not being, and yet, oh, you know, we don't want it to be that spicy. We want spice, but we don't want that much spice. Well, we want the spices that we like, not the spices that are bitter to us. But how many times have you said, "Yeah, I don't think I'd like I don't I don't think I'd like that," but you've never tried it. Sometimes sure. you need to lean into these personalities. You need to try their personality on for size. You never know. You may have a closet personality trait that needs to come out because someone in your life is pulling you out into that area that you feel a little uncomfortable. That's called talking about uh, getting out of your comfort zone. So thanks, everyone, for being here. We're getting close to, to Christmas, and we're in the midst of the holidays. So wherever you're at, whatever you believe, thank you for being a part of our show and allowing us to be a part of, of your journey. James? JJ, the next time we talk, it'll be after Christmas. So Happy New Year, brother. Go, yeah. go knock out Merry some Christmas goals, to all you. Right? Yes, sir. You too. Great to see you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week, folks. See ya. Oh, I want something just like this. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Some superhero, some fairy tale place. Just something I can turn to, somebody I can keep.